Freak out, freak out, freak out, yeah! Happy birthday to, or belated birthday to the greatest professional wrestler to come out of Columbus, Ohio. Indeed, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And hello to everybody out there in the internet wrestling community world and out there on social media. It is me, it is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo. A little late, but better late than never. And I'm here with the Heel and Face podcast, podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And, you know, people have got these beefs going on. It is hard in these wrestling community streets right now, but we'll try to uh, muddle our way through it. I'm actually going to take a break a little bit from commentary per se. Uh, I'm just going to state the opinions that are out there, and I'm going to let you, the fans, decide on how you feel because the the, the, the issues are so paralyzing, so polarizing, I should have said, but of course both terms apply, that it's, so, it's just hard to get really anybody's opinion out there fully flushed and you're going to have your sides to these arguments regardless right just like the wwe versus aw fan debate just like coke versus pepsi just like pc versus mac just like m&ms versus not m&ms everybody has their opinion on what's going on in the world of professional wrestling currently and i think it's too tied to emotion right now to let anybody Kind of let things settle. So we're just going to look at both sides of uh, each beef this week and muddle through it somehow. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me on the show. As always, I appreciate every single one of you that is out there watching along today. And a uh, shout out to some new fans of mine, uh, actually old friends, new fans of mine, uh, one of my personal friends from back home in Akron, Rebecca McConnell, she took her family to see the live shows WWE Canton. It's her, her girlfriend and her nephew and her daughter, some kind of combination of that. I don't know, but uh, appreciate her live crack reporting from WWE can she seemed like she had a ton of fun and of course that's what you do at wrestling shows live it doesn't matter if it's WWE or a uh, local independent promotion uh that I'm gonna hip to hip her to by the way in the uh, Akron can area if she's interested uh, it's it sure doesn't be live if you can go to a live show, go to a live show. I say that all the time. It doesn't matter if it's WWE or if it's uh, indie wrestling, then you can't beat it. She had a ton of fun, and uh, for some reason, her videos did not get on the Facebook page, but they will. I promised her that, and I appreciate her efforts. She got some really good clips. I told her that if she wanted to go viral with a few of them, she could, uh, because going viral with clips is like all what you do pretty much on Facebook these days. And she's got some good clips of a comedy spot between Otis and 
Montez Ford, and she's got uh, the pretty good shot of the running bulldog clothesline combo from Asuka in a triple threat match. So congratulations to her. I'll ask her if she could help me uh, post uh, post results of that too. And you know what? It's just, again, experience wrestling live. I don't ever remember her being a huge fan. I know her brother was. I was more friends with her brother. I do know that uh, she had never really had mentioned anything about wrestling before, but, you know, you bring your kids and there you go. So I'm glad that she's able to have fun with her and her family uh, at a live show. And I'll put some of those clips up on the Facebook page, which is where you can follow me, of course, because you're there right now. Duh. You can also follow me on all of my other social media platforms. Just go to Heal and Face Podcast. That's all you have to do. I'm on Minds. I'm on Twitter, obviously. And I'm on a bunch of other ones just posting random stuff to see if anybody's there and join me there. It's a really good idea to be diversified, especially in the coming eras of social media. So uh, I'm just everywhere. I love Facebook. I'm not going anywhere. So, and either is Heel Turn Wrestling, who you should follow too. So take a look at the crawl and just go to htwrestling316.com and follow us there. You can get us all in our glory. If you missed the really awesome uh, hour-long interview with Nick Eugene Dinsmore that the boys at the Turnbuckle did last week, ah, you got to go and check that out. And of course, uh, the madman, the maestro behind this all, Billy Alexander had his uh, promotions uh, major event last night, and uh, you should go check that out, too. Probably should have put a link into the bio to that as well. But you can go to uh, Pinfall Wrestling Alliance, go there, and then you can look him up. Look him up on HT Wrestling 316, or you can just look up Billy Alexander, and you'll probably find him there, too. And uh, at the end of the show or near the end of the show that he had this week, uh, this weekend, a huge, huge announcement. I'm not going to spoil it. You got to go there. You got to find what the big spoilers are all about down there. So check it out. Check us all out at Heel Turn Wrestling. And of course, if you are not able to follow along and if you prefer to listen to the podcast, on your favorite audio podcast platform, then you can definitely catch me there. I go and I broadcast to about six of them, so you will love it. Follow me there. Thank you very much for your support. It is what it is. I hate saying that. It's kind of a dumb phrase. But when it comes to social media, it is what it is, right? Elon Musk bought Twitter. He might not have bought Twitter. He's pretty much closing in on buying Twitter. There's a couple of loopholes he needs to jump through. Um, The whole debate is uh, President Trump going to be allowed to come back to Twitter if Elon Musk finalizes the buy, which would mean that would be the death of true social, President Trump's attempt at social media. And then what would that do with the other offshoots like Getter and Gab and all the other places? Well, Twitter is a powerful media machine in and of itself, and Twitter happens to have news breaking all of the time. But I think the weirdest breaking 
news article on Twitter recently was just this out of the blue. I don't think anybody really saw this coming. Maybe you did. Maybe you're smarter than me. I'm sure you are. And if you are, you probably uh, knew this was coming. But out of the blue, about three days ago, at the end of the business cycle, at the end of the news cycle, you can see right there at the bottom, Stephanie McMahon announced that she will be leaving Actually, a leave of absence, you can read right there, with the majority of responsibilities at WWE. Uh, She is looking forward to returning to the company that I love and taking this time to focus on my family. And I'm glad she's upfront about it. I prefer, you know, being upfront than not. This is mere speculation at this point, because I don't know anything. I'm just a guy sitting in my basement talking about pro wrestling. But I will say is it could be a multitude of things. Let's be um, optimistic. Let's take the most stoically optimistic tack as to why Stephanie is leaving for a while. She may be pregnant again. You know, the stress of listening to a 76-year-old megalomaniac who's half senile scream at people one-third of his age at the top of his lungs at 11.30 on a Monday night is probably not as appealing when you're pregnant. So who knows? Maybe she's pregnant. I would assume that they had had the end of their kids. I would assume that they didn't... Uh, you know, we're done, so to speak. They have three, right? And there are immediate ranges. I mean, after all, Aurora is, what, 13 now? So, uh, you know, you never know. You could say, whoops, and be right back on the nest, so to speak. That's just a wild speculation. Who really knows? It could be uh, the total pessimistic Cynical aspect is that Nick Khan is just moving people around. He's moving people out. They've already moved Triple H out. They moved a lot of people who are sympathetic to Triple H out. And now they're finally moving Stephanie out. Shane's not there. And uh, I think for investors, for a full sale sale of WWE, investors want to see Vince McMahon at the ready at the helm. And if they know that Vince McMahon is the only family member who has any weight behind him, maybe this is just the final nail in the coffin for the eventual sale of WWE to either Comcast, NBC Universal, which would make the most sense, or to possibly even ESPN or Fox. So I don't know what's happening. There's millions of things happening. All I want to know, or all I want to say is, I hope Stephanie is well. I'm glad she's taking time off mentally for her family. These are different times. Uh, Yes, the Vince McMahon family is uh, known to be a little psychotic as far as work schedules go. 
But I hope she's able to take time off. And I really hope that she is able to rejoin someday in the future where she's healthy, rested, strong, ready to take on the world. So we will never know what the real reason is. And we probably, we don't even, I guess we don't even deserve one, to be honest with you. You know, no one's asking me the days that I take off work. They're not, you know, speculating into how my life is operating, because trust me, um, probably wouldn't want to know. But yeah, good luck to Stephanie McMahon. And I hope that she can find, uh, you know, a little bit of rest and relaxation and focus on her family. Sorry about that little uh, technical glitch there. But hey, that's cool. You're still here with me talking about wrestling, talking about guys that are going back and forth with each other. And speaking of, though, WWE and Twitter and all that jazz, uh, not everything is copacetic with people uh, in the E right now. As a matter of fact, the second biggest uh, brouhaha that popped off came out of practical left field. And it is this, that the WWE Women's Tag Champs, Sasha Banks and Naomi, walked into the SmackDown taping on Tuesday, handed Johnny Ace, positive people power president, handed the tag belts to him and walked back out of SmackDown. Um, odd, strange, kind of out of left field, but at the same time, too, this is a complete example of maybe this is the WWE wants to bring back a little bit of mystery and a little bit of kayfabe back to professional wrestling, especially to their brand of professional wrestling. All right. So briefly, the story is. If you haven't been following too closely along, I'm just going to sum it up. So briefly, when they came to work, uh, they weren't happy of being shelved all the time, as you would think, right? Um, after they were both promised, apparently, that after they won the belts, that they would be uh, in line to make the belts shine a little bit, to showcase the belts. And they thought they were going to get some pretty high-profile tag matches to be able to defend the belts in together. Well, when they started coming to work, especially in SmackDown, that wasn't the case. And they were supposed to, on Raw, they were in a five-person turmoil match or was going to be booked on, it was announced on Raw and booked on SmackDown that the five women would uh, be in some kind of number one contendership for each belt or something like that. You know, it just gets lost in the uh, lost in the directions uh, because LOL WWE. <coughs> so they came in and they were told that they were going to stay the tag champions, but that 
the, the last two in the tag in the uh, not tag in the five woman turmoil match were going to be Sasha and Naomi and Naomi was supposed to do the favors for Sasha so Sasha could go on and face uh, Ronda Rousey and then Naomi can go ahead and face uh, Becky Lynch and that's how that was supposed to operate so they were going to keep them the tag champs but they were also going to get them to fight each other well uh, Sasha had some problems with it I know for some of you out there Sasha Banks is a very I can't say another word for it polarizing figure I'll find another I, I promise and she had an issue with this so instead of uh, I don't know just just doing it which that came out more negative than I actually feel about the situation she went to the proper channels she went she found uh, along with Naomi by the way they found producers that they trusted talked to the producers the producers said that this is what Vince wanted blah 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 so this is what you do. Remember the formula. Remember what all the old veteran wrestlers say. Just go talk to Vince. Vince likes it when you talk to him. So that's what they did. Then they went to Vince, talked to him. And of course, the other thing is, when you talk to Vince, you better have a solution. Don't come with a problem. So apparently, Sasha and Naomi came up with a couple of different finishes to where they could still face whoever they were going to face and they could still be the tag champs and they won't look like one is better than the other. So Vince uh, either rejected the ideas flat out or just kind of said, I'll think about it and sat on them for a while. Then a couple hours later, they came back, talked to a producer. Producer said things haven't changed. Uh, they complained and said, uh, we just talked to Vince, and uh, apparently there was an exchange of words with a producer who basically screamed at them on their way out, you two are the most difficult people to work with, or something like that, and just walked away. Apparently then, that just triggered Naomi and Sasha to walk in to... John Laurinaitis' office, the head of talent relations currently at WWE, which is laughable at best, took the belts out, placed them on his desk, and walked back out with their gear. So that is kind of the gist of, of, of what happened. And that's kind of a report coming from both sides. Now, I'll take you to the WWE's version of the story in a moment but i just want to say in all fairness i could not find the person who was given permission by naomi to report it but it's out there in the internet it's out there in the world if you want to uh, find it uh you can uh the the person's report uh actually just kind of laid out everything i said but more of an angry tone more of a personal bias tone so uh 
you know, take it for what you will. And I'm not even, again, endorsing it or not endorsing it. I'm not saying the person uh, who they gave the permission to was like lying or was trying to make WWE look bad. WWE doesn't need other outside forces to make it look bad. It can do that all by itself. But if you want to take a look, let's just see what the WWE statement real quick, and then you can have a reaction to it, hopefully in the comment section below if you want, or you can even fill in a little bit of the pieces where you go. So here is the statement. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on the desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, Jim Cornette blowing his stack listening to that phrase, they claimed that they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. Now, again, this is just one side of the story. The other side of the story lies with whatever his name is, Adidas8808 or something like that. There is there's a couple of different things that are CYA, obviously, in the WWE statement right there. They threw the part in about uh, they said they felt uncomfortable with wrestling certain talent in this five way, even though they wrestled with them before. Uh, the person who was allowed to speak for Naomi on Twitter uh, said there something contrary to that, uh, challenged that statement by saying that they, in fact, loved those women that they worked with in the ring, and there's never been a problem with those women before, uh, despite what the internet may have uh, made up about them. So Naomi and Sasha don't see a problem, don't see a beef with uh, any of the women involved. And seems like all intents and purposes, both Naomi and Sasha acted professionally, right? They basically did what everybody tells us that Vince wants you to do. And I think it's funny that they dropped the belts off at Johnny Aces of, of all. Again, he's the talent relations guy. Um, probably didn't even know that the women had a tag belt. Needless to say. So people are falling on two sides. People are falling in. You're either in team sick of their crap. And I edited it. And no, I'm not going to say it. Because I'm gaining new fans. And, you know, is what it is. And then you've got team believe all divas, for lack of a better term, right? As a matter of fact, I just saw the hashtag, and you know, we got to put all your whole life story into a hashtag these days. I've seen the hashtag, I stand with Naomi and Sasha Banks. So you can do that. 
that you want to do. Regardless of your feelings of the situation, you're going to divide yourself in the camp. So no amount of reviewing is going to change your mind about what you feel. You feel what you feel. Either the WWE is this giant megalithic type a corporation that stretches the laws of what an independent contractor is and isn't and uh, repeatedly abuses its employees, not to the level of, say, New Japan, but is very unfriendly, is very difficult to work in this environment. And then the other half of it falls on you know what, is this like the third time Sasha Banks has walked out? And isn't this like the second time she's dragged her friends with her? Wasn't the first time she walked out, she kind of dragged Bailey with her? So, I mean, does she want to stay in the WWE or does she not? Interesting, interesting takes. I don't know where I stand. I don't even know if I have really all of the information on both sides. I do know what precedent is. Like I said, this is probably the third time that Sasha Banks has walked out on WWE. And I think this might be her last. Regardless of what happens, this might be the last time we see Sasha Banks in the WWE. Or will it be? Who knows? Now, because I'm just presenting the sides, and there is, of course, a lot of support for Naomi and Sasha, Uh, even coming from CM Punk, who will talk about him probably needing to take a break from Twitter himself, Uh, but even CM Punk said, stand by your friends even when they're wrong, because They'll they'll need to stand by you at when the time they need uh, when you need them. So you need to stand by them when they need you. Okay, I got it, buddy. Still don't like WWE, so it's really hard to determine really if there is a right or a wrong here, unless unless that da da da. This is a work. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a real quick break. Reset, get a breath of fresh air, crystallize my thoughts. And when I come back, I'm going to break it down. Not whether I believe all divas or hashtag I support Naomi and Sasha Banks. And I'm not going to tell you if I am sick of their crap. But what I am going to tell you, what if it's a shoot and what if it's a work? So around your listening to or watching or both the heel and face podcast a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary about the world of professional wrestling brought to you by heel turn wrestling and i will be back in a few thanks for joining me all right everybody cool thanks for uh, sticking with me through the very short break it is me, it is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo here with you 
on another Sunday afternoon talking about pro wrestling on the Heel and Face podcast. And I really, uh, I'm really digging what we're doing here. I'm digging the show. Thank you, by the way. I got a bunch of new listeners and a bunch of new supporters on the different various platforms, which I put the show out there. And I really, really appreciate you guys. I know that's an overused phrase. You know, you're from the Midwest. If you say to someone that you appreciate them because you actually do this time, I I really do. I can't make this work without you guys, without the fans of the show. I enjoy talking wrestling with you. And, you know, of course, you are more than welcome to comment down below. Just share, subscribe, do all the things that you want to do on uh, your social media, on this social media. You can uh, comment below either on the Heel and Face side or I'll also check the uh, Heel Turn Wrestling side. Uh, if you want to comment during the show, I usually just check the Heel and Face side, but I will comment on either page and I appreciate all the, the help and love and support that you have on both pages, by the way. So continue to do that. And if you want to join me on other social media, not just Facebook, you can join me on the different various uh, social media places around the Internet, uh, on locals, on mines, uh, just about anywhere. Anywhere that's not either going out of business or never getting launched you can also, I mean, I'm on Twitter too. I interact on Twitter pretty heavily as well. So you could just go there. But of course, if you cannot find me or you don't want to go to the social media per se, if you just want to listen to what I have to say on the drive in from work or dropping the kids off at school or uh, on your way to your favorite fishing hole, then you can definitely catch me on all my social media uh, accounts or on your favorite audio podcast streaming platform so a bunch of people uh hooked up on uh hooked up with the show on spotify for me and i'm blessed for that to happen so i really really do appreciate that i did post that over the week so come on over check me out on spotify or wherever it is you listen to audio podcasts cool 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 Cool, cool, cool. I dig it. I dig it. Okay, so let's get right to it then, shall we? Let's talk about uh, WWE Backlash and, and kind of how I felt. I know I'm not the first one to talk about WWE Backlash. That's kind of the drawback to doing a weekly podcast on Sundays because the benefit is that you get to talk about the pay-per-views before it happens, but the downside is you got to wait a week to give your results. And I don't know if I'm going to put a bow on it as far as the internet goes, but we shall see. We shall see. So just thoughts in general to start off my criticism that except for the first match, Cody versus Seth and the I quit match, the rest of these matches could have been sent to us in an email. I understand that Peacock wants to have a ton of content. They want to put a ton of stuff on there. I know that Vince is a marketing genius and he wants everything geared around 
WrestleMania and SummerSlam is two biggest money-making events. And I know he wants to stretch out that name WrestleMania as long as humanly possible, seeing as though there is no real good pay-per-views between now and I think what's next money in the bank. So yeah. Okay. Stretching out the hype for, for WrestleMania, which is technically the minute the Royal rumble is over and trying to pull it through may. Okay. All right. It happens. You know, you're the boss. You do what you want. You market it how you want. The downside of that is that the expectations are a little higher than they need to be. And again, these matches that were kind of filler, they could have been on Raw and SmackDown. They could have been on Raw and SmackDown. Especially uh, Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss. Uh, This is never going to end. And... I think it. Sh- I think it should. I don't know what to do with Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. Just two terrible ideas that started off and they grew legs. And of co- and now that's not to say that Baron Corbin hasn't improved because he clearly has. He's come a long way since the Lone Wolf and um, you know. Uh, uh, an, an afterthought, a big goof, right? He has developed his character pretty well, and everybody loves him in the back, and he's super nice, and he's super safe to wrestle with, and he gets it. Okay, all right, okay. But what are you going to do with him now? What, what does that become? Like, is he going to be in the mix again for the U.S. or Intercontinental belts? Is he going to somehow find a tag partner and try to get into the tag team realm? Because Lord knows uh, WWE hates tag teams. Uh, Vince hates tag teams because we don't have teams, pal. We have individuals. And I'll get to that uh, near the end of the show. But yeah, like, do I need to see that? And they tried, and it, it was okay. Uh, there were chants in the crowd for and this match that kind of got squashed a little bit. I We've seen what we need to see out of these two, so it isn't like we're clamoring to see two mid-card guys go at it on a pay-per-view. But it is what it is, and it happened. Um, and just a quick before I go on, the only thing that really amounted to was apparently on SmackDown, um, Madcap Moss was bragging and Baron Corbin smashed the Andre the Giant uh, memorial trophy over Moss. So I don't know how much longer Madcap Moss is going to be so Madcap. Other matches that should have been on Raw or SmackDown that aren't. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, this is another reason why the WWE and USA should uh, start hosting, or if not on USA, do it on Peacock. Want people to go to Peacock? 
then do this kind of stuff. They should bring back the concept of what Crockett Promotions did with the quarterly pay-per-views or the quarterly like random Clash of Ch I mean, they have the name Clash of Champions. They should – I know they've turned it kind of into its own pay-per-view, but they should have some type of Tuesday night in Texas style events only on Peacock where it's like every Wednesday – uh, at 8 o'clock, we're going to have an hour of random matches and just go, you know. Um, tell, just beef up superstars or beef up main event. Have like a Thursday night's main event, something like that, just for an hour on Peacock, right? That would make sense, but who am I? I'm just a guy talking about pro wrestling in his basement. Almost and Lashley, oh, just, I don't know if Almost has got it. No wonder why they put him back with MVP. I mean, it's almost as just generic, lumbering, seven-foot giant dude who actually is a little more athletic. So I know there were some comparisons with Giant Gonzalez and whatnot. And by the way, the dude can talk which is the problem that uh, Vince ran into with Keith Lee, which is the problem that other uh, wrestlers in WWE have run into. The fact that he doesn't have that cadence that all WWE wrestlers have to talk in when they're cutting a promo. If they let wrestlers actually flow with normal speech patterns, then I think promos and other speeches by wrestlers would be much better. And what was the problem with Keith Lee, right? The problem with Keith Lee was that they thought he was too intellectual. Okay. No one has an individual style anymore. You just have to cut your promo exactly how I cut that promo right there. So Omos is really a, a nice guy in real life. He's a big anime nerd. He's a big uh, you know, video game guy. Uh, he's got a lot of other interests outside of wrestling. Uh, he was at Wally Fest tearing it up. He's got a lot of interests outside of pro wrestling that make him more well-rounded. If he was just on the mic being almost, if he's just like, hey, I'm not this Colossus dude. I'm just a dude who thinks he he's good at fighting and wants to try it in WWE. If that were all, then he might be able to get over. But because Vince insists that he be some grunting, snarling Leviathan from uh, the depths of wherever to attack Bobby Lashley, then, uh, then so be it. Lashley's attempts at the Hurt Lock actually put on the Hurt Lock uh, pretty successfully. So that was kind of the highlight for me. I just wanted to see if he could do it. I really wasn't interested in the rest of the match as it stood. And, of course, the main event. Oh, wait, no. Um, before I forgot about the other match that could have definitely been on, uh, on a Raw, special edition of Raw or SmackDown, was uh, the... Uh, Edge versus AJ Styles match. And again, I don't want to say I told you so, but 
if I'm predicting this, this has got to be the most obvious thing in the world. Because I try to have takes that are out of left field. I try to have takes that are um, not of the norm. But when it's as obvious as Rhea Ripley being the one to interfere and cause AJ Styles to lose and then be revealed at the end to be part of Judgment Day. Um, I mean, how how much more like predictable can you be? Um, for all the WWE does well, their worst kept secrets are the worst. And I don't want to sound like a jaded pro wrestling fan, but you know, it could have kept us guessing, you know, I know it makes most sense to have, uh, uh, Rhea Ripley as the, uh, newest member of judgment day and a female and a competent female to be in judgment day. But, you know, could have thrown us a bone, maybe could have been a big swerve and gotten live in first and then live kind of sucker, uh, Rhea into doing it. I don't know who knows. It, it could have been done way more creatively than, than it was. And here we are. So now we have a heel faction with a really confident, um, male who just needed a little bit more of something, I guess, according to WWE. And now Rhea Ripley is a competent female and it, it could, it could work. I just think it's just corny. Uh, the whole concept is just corny. Um, and I guess edge came up with it. So, uh, he might have to take an L on this. If it doesn't get any better than just edge being a jerk, then, um, uh, then this this might fall flat. Uh, the only other match that could have been sent in an email was the main event, which was Drew McIntyre and RK Bro or RK McBro or whatever being called uh, versus uh, the Bloodline. I mean. The match of itself was okay, but again, why put it on a pay-per-view? I know it's WWE Backlash. I know the storylines carried over from WrestleMania. No, I get that. I'm not dumb. I just feel like, why waste everybody's time with this match? Because you know me, the worst thing that you could do, in my opinion, is to use a match at a pay-per-view that just furthers a storyline or leads things in. Uh, pay-per-views are supposed to be terminal events. They're supposed to be ends or possibly beginnings of programs. At least with Judgment Day, we're going to see the beginning of Rhea Ripley being a, a, a heel now. But this match kind of just was there. Like It could have been a main event for uh, Raw or SmackDown. They could have put that as the main event for Raw and then SmackDown did what they did, which I'll get to in a little bit. But it wasn't, it wasn't, they put just put them on, just threw them on because they felt like they had to, felt like Roman Reigns had to be on a pay-per-view. So there you go. Speaking of Roman Reigns real quick, I know there's that rumor that uh, he is gearing back down. Um, I don't know if it's a rumor. He did say something to uh, the house show in Trenton, New Jersey, that this is the last one of these he's going to be doing for a while. 
Um, there's a lot of speculation about it. Um, I, I was listening to a little bit of Jim Cornette talk about how at, at some point, at some level, uh, baby faces did that or not baby faces, but, uh, Oh, should I, did I Freudian slip there? Um, that, that any big name, whether it's a healer or face did that, uh, you know, as a way to, uh, let the fans know that, uh, it's just, he's blown up to the point that he can be at the level of superstar, true superstar, and that he's only doing appearances that make him look like a superstar. You know, limited supply equals greater demand. Uh, now, Jim was a little upset that a heel did that. A heel said that to a live crowd. But again, sometimes Jim's still stuck in 1985. So with the rumor that Roman Reigns is moving on to bigger and better things, is it strictly acting? Is he going to get a part-time acting and still be competitive? Is he going to lose the belts anytime soon? That's the other question. And there's plenty of people who could take over for him with those belts. And I don't know if WWE has the strength to let that happen, but they should. They got to make stars somehow. Even if they have to give the belts back to somebody they feel comfortable with, like uh, Kevin Owens or something like that, waiting until the next opportunity comes along. Because you know Brock's not going to be there for a while, uh, even though Brock is immensely helpful backstage. You know that, um, you know, maybe this is the way to get Cody the belt. I feel like they still need some work to do with Cody and Seth, maybe possibly get Seth the belt so then Cody could win it from him. That would be pretty amazing. Uh, different scenarios are calling for Roman Reigns to end up dropping the, the belt. I'd like to see it against maybe Drew, give him another shot. Uh, give a couple of different guys, maybe Randy Orton, give Randy Orton a final shot at the belt before you drop it off to Cody. How fitting would it be that Cody would beat Randy Orton for the WWE belt at a, at a future pay-per-view? So I think the stars are aligning to finally get Cody into the heavyweight picture, even though I still think that he should go about a year before he even starts to get a snifter of it. But, you know, again, what do I know? Um, speaking of Cody, his match with Seth Rollins, I mean, they just, they were painting by numbers at WrestleMania, but now they have a couple of confrontations and they're comfortable with each other. I think this match, I don't, I'm not going to say it was better than the one at WrestleMania, but it was pretty daggone close and was definitely the best match of the night. Just two guys knowing what they're doing in the ring, just doing awesome stuff to each other um faking the disaster kicks a couple of times uh even i think even uh uh seth rollins even tried to do the crossroads just a highly entertaining match the psychology was there everything was perfect once again when you let two guys who know what they're doing do their thing and leave them alone um then then it works it works and uh, Cody and Seth, if they have a couple more matches, might end up being feud of the year for the Heel and Face podcast. Uh, the only other match that was really good, something to, to note, was um, 
the I Quit match, which I was not looking forward to this being good at all. I had just mailed it in and said, this is going to be crap because Charlotte's kind of on her way. And I know Charlotte's got more respect for herself and her in the business and her father to just go out like a punk and just not do anything and just be whiny and mopey and sandbag and no sell. But Charlotte really put a lot of effort into the match. Um, I don't know if they should have gone into the crowd per se, but I was with it. I was into it. I, I wasn't against it. I like the homages to her dad versus Terry Funk about the I quits. I was matter of fact, I even tweeted something to the effect of um, it may it might not be a, a real I quit match until someone calls a flare an egg sucking dog. But nevertheless, uh, it was really entertaining. Um, I don't know if I quit necessarily means a weapons match too, but kendo sticks were involved. Uh, my only criticism of the match was Ronda Rousey talking too much. Just, I mean, just, I don't know if that's what they wanted her to do. It's an I quit match. You're already talking enough. Uh, and Ronda maybe does talk a lot of crap. I don't know if, see, I don't know if WWE Ronda is UFC or, uh, judo champion, uh, Rhonda, which is not a bad thing. I'm not complaining about that. I just wonder if she talked a lot of crap. Misha Tate said she talks a pretty fair amount of crap during her, their match, during their fights in UFC. But I don't know if I just it doesn't interest me. I don't want to hear wrestlers jaw jacking him themselves that much, especially the baby face, because the baby face is you know supposed to be the nice, innocent, sweet one, right? Uh, and it was another thing. I know she patterns a lot of that after Steve Austin, but Austin was the anti-hero. I mean, technically, if you want to get real technical, Steve Austin is a heel. But because of the time, the zeitgeist, it's where people were in the 90s. Vince had finally admitted that he was the owner of WWE. It was a different time, and it was a perfect time for Steve Austin to uh, be the anti-hero. But technically, Steve Austin's a heel. You know, I don't know if that worked for Ronda, if that's what she was going for in the match. Um, you know, talking crap. I mean, the, the crowd still loves her. The crowd, she was still over like Rover, and she did a good job. So she continues to get better, which is what I thought all along uh, with with her. She would just continue to get better the longer she was in the ring. Um, Charlotte consummate professional, by the way, uh, with the psychology of the match, going outside, coming back, grab, being the first one to grab the kendo sticks. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, coming back with double kendo sticks. Um, just, just, just Charlotte, um, uh, just commanding the match. You can tell she was being the ring general, and that's uh, not a, a bad thing at all. Um, I think this match went a little better than their WrestleMania match in general. I found their WrestleMania match to be a little sloppy and, and, and underwhelming, but this one was made up for it. Definitely. And then the whole, uh, at the end, uh, was a, was the, was a great finish, right? The finish was, um, you know, Ronda Rousey getting, finally getting her comeuppance and sending Charlotte Flair to the local, medical facility 
with a report that she indeed has a broken arm. So that's why she will be out indefinitely. Uh, she will be putting a ring on that broken arm. She will be getting married. So she can take time off in real life. Charlotte's going to take time off to get married. So good for her. She deserves it. Clap, 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 clap. The match itself was great. It's probably the second best match of the night. Um, so props to those two. The rest of the matches for WWE Backlash could uh, could have been uh, a main event for SmackDown. Speaking of SmackDown and speaking of the fallout, the backlash for Backlash, we find a little bit of an invasion, so to speak, as RK Bro were 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 licking their wounds and talking about how they lost to the Bloodline on Backlash, but. The one thing that no one ever talked about is, according to them, actually going for the tag belt. So they felt like they were very close. And if Roman wasn't in the picture, the bloodline couldn't do anything. So challenged their manhood, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the bloodline came out to interrupt and basically uh, challenge for the tag team unification but not right now, on our terms, on our terms. So RKO then turned around and went to the Bloodline and challenged them, the Usos, on SmackDown, on their show. So the challenge is now undeniable. RKO went to SmackDown, took it to the Usos, took it to the Bloodline. Yes, that is a picture of Matt Riddle's V-trigger knee to the face of Roman Reigns, of of all people. There was a funny incident where uh, Riddle dropped the wrong thing. He was supposed to drop the mic and not the, the belt, and Randy quickly grabbed it. Um, so this is happening, a unification of the tag belts, is indeed happening, um, to which I say, I guess, it's just frustrating that Vince hates tag team wrestling so much that not only was he willing to put it on a team of guys that just kind of came together, because again, that's his philosophy of we don't have any teams, pal. We have stars who get together. I mean, they, they invented the whole – pro wrestling invented the concept of tag team wrestling. They they invented the whole – it's in our lexicon now. It's in the words that we speak. It's in our idioms now. When you talk about uh, a presentation, people who don't watch wrestling, when their group is presenting to the board – and one person is speaking and they say, well, I'm going to tag out now and I'm going to go. That is professional wrestling lexicon. That is how it's just like saying I hit a home run. It's just like saying I scored a touchdown. It's the same thing. And, and to see that Vince McMahon hates something that his legacy, his family, his father created practically the tag team idea to see him hate it so much that now they're just going to unify 
the belts, which is I'm for more belts than less belts. You guys know me. I'm for less belts than more belts. Reason being is there's so many people now in WWE. Like you're never going to see tag teams again featured in the way they were. And they weren't even featured that great. Look, how many times were the tag belts of any brand uh, on a regular pay-per-view like they're they've always been contested on a pre-show if anywhere else so vince is not in love with his minor belts he just sees the heavyweight belt and that's it which is a shame because pure wrestling fans like me and like you have always loved the traditional undercard, mid-card belts, whatever you want to call them, because we knew there were stepping stones. We knew how many great greats there were that held those belts. I'm not saying that it's a huge legacy of Raw and SmackDown, and I'm also not saying that they'll change their mind in another four or five years and have another tournament for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. But I'm saying we need more belts, not less belts, because there's so many wrestlers that need to be recognized and need to be in the forefront that don't get to be, that their time is monopolized. And I'm not getting into get yourself over, brother. That's another topic for another day. I just feel like if you have a brand like SmackDown, you should have a champion for SmackDown. You should have a tag champion. You should have women's belts for all the brands, right? Everything you do for the males should do for the females. And then you should have separate belts for every show. It just it just gives less opportunities for people. It's a less of a reason to be there. I mean, if I'm the, the Viking Raiders, do I even want to be in WWE anymore? Not the fact that I got moved back to NXT, but now I'm basically considered the guys who are just going to bring up the new tag teams. You know, work with those guys. I don't know if I want that. If I'm the Viking Raiders, I think I got another at least five to ten good years left. I want to go in the Indies. I want to go to Japan. I want to go do my thing there where they appreciate tag team wrestling. So more belts, not less. And that's my TED Talk. Thanks for joining me on the Heel and Face podcast today. I appreciate that. Uh, don't forget to look for me on all your favorite social media platforms and all your favorite audio podcast streaming services. Uh, I'm just going to say I'm out. Thanks for joining me on the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Uh, this is me. It's me, the big old Stevie C, saying I'm out. Have fun this week. Have a great week. And as always, peace. Peace.